Thank you for joining us on Applaudable Perspectives, and I'm so excited. I've been having a meeting with the wonderful and talented John Williams. John Williams has, is multifaceted. He's a South African. Uh, he lives here in wonderful Nashville, and he's got a fabulous company called HD Perfect, HD Perfect. And we got to know him because he was helping us with a very important couple of very important events and it made us all a little bit crazy. We're not bald yet, but we, we sort of pulled our hair out a little bit. But um, talk, tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you how did you and I connect? I mean, we sort of knew of each other. And why are you here? What are you doing? And uh, thank you, Pam, for the opportunity. Um, I've known you longer than what you've known me because oh. you always were behind the scenes when while I was behind the camera yeah. at some uh, mostly country music events. Um, and so I've always watched you and I heard people talk about you and watched how they treated you. And so um, I want to compliment you thank for you. being consistent because I've known I've known about you for over 10 years now and you always seem to be just who you um, say you are and you show up consistently, um, which is not always the case in Nashville. Well, thank um, you, John. That makes me feel good. And you as well have an amazing reputation and really helped us out, bailed us out at the exit in when we were um, working with the Road to Nashville and the wonderful 11 entertainers that made to the finals. And then you came to our consulate, the British consulate, and was filming and helping us with audio and greatly appreciate it. Uh, and had a lot of moving parts and pieces and really with the goodness of your heart, you came and stepped up. So kudos, well, thank you. It, it's my pleasure. Um, I, I believe that part of my um, purpose in life is to serve um, kings and queens and princes and um, there are kings and queens like the Britain just got a new king mm -hmm. um, but but there's also kings and queens and princes in corporate corporate mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. CEOs um, founders of large organizations whether it's a charitable one or a for-profit corporation um, there's there's um, kings in sport Mm -hmm. and queens and princes and so um, so I've been preparing myself for like over 30 years um, to be able to um, not be intimidated mm -hmm. or starstruck mm -hmm. by greatness um, and still fulfill a purpose of serving and being around and lending a helping hand and making everyone um, look good it, it, it's kind of like just shining the car mm -hmm. for for the race driver who's mm. actually going to be winning mm. the race and you're just doing something small um, mm. behind the scenes uh, sometimes very important tell uh, us a little bit about some of the some of the bands you've worked with or some of the projects i know you, you mentioned you've done several things for butch spiritin which is a visit nashville or and worked with all the different projects over the last 20 years that he's been involved with who, who else uh, might be have uh, cmas i think you said the country music association so not worked with the Country Music Association, have been very privileged to be asked by uh, Butch Ferndon to, um, to do several projects for them, especially sure. during the COVID season yes. where, where Nashville needed to stay in front of the event organizers mm. who bring their events to Nashville. Mm -hmm. And they had, some, uh, they had some brilliant ideas. One of the things that I remember uh, left a mark on me, a, a positive one, is as we 
we did a celebrity chef event where we basically created recreated like a TV show. And um, what they did was is they sent packages to all these event organizers and they could either dial in via Zoom and watch um, or they could be cooking. They had all the I ingredients. Love it. Yeah. Great anyway, idea. so so we did that. Uh, obviously, that drew some some uh, you know local news attention, all that. But so, and then I think the biggest one was on the first um, of April last year, mm -hmm. which is the bicentennial uh, freedom of Greece, mm -hmm. um, because the Parthenon in Nashville is the uh, largest uh, replica. Exact replica, exact uh, yeah. size of the Parthenon and the Acropolis, yes, yes. exactly. So we because we had, are the Athens of the South, aren't we? We're Athens of the South, and so we did a live broadcast to television um, from the Parthenon in 29-degree oh weather outside oh to um, to television in Greece and uh, all over. And, um, wow. Yeah, so that, that was really great. What a thrill that must have been. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your other question about bands that I used to work with, I lived in New York City, was involved in songwriting and, and music publishing. My friend said, you need to go to Nashville. I didn't know about where Nashville was. I drove through a tornado oh, to get here. Goodness. And um, anyway, so uh, I was living in somebody's living room, not knowing what to do. And a friend of mine, I called a friend of mine and said, I'm going crazy. I need a job. And he called me back the next day and he said, uh, I have an interview for you for a road manager job. Mm. And I said, what's a road manager? <laughs> Even though I had been a road manager, never titled it, but I've been touring with bands since I was in my teens. And so, um, it happened to be sixpence none the richer. Oh my goodness. And I started with them uh, a week before they launched their um, wow. album. How exciting. Yes. And so fast forward, so that was very exciting flying around in private jets and 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 and, and being poor and rich at the same time. Mm -hmm. And um, because I was trying to get set up in my own place. But anyway, so fast forward a couple of years later, I had not been working with them, been touring with some other artists. And I, um, I got this package in the mail and they had remembered me and sent me the platinum plaque. Oh my God. Two years after the fact, I had not been working wow. for over a year that they remember. So, so, um, what a anyway, thrill. so that's, then I was production manager at Cafe Milano and did sound or production great. or writing that for a, a bunch great of, venue. Yeah. bunch of, um, bunch of great names. You said um, Bad Company, you work with Bad Company. Yeah. Um, um, bad Company, um, Bernie Taupin, oh, yeah. the songwriter for yeah, Elton John, John yeah. uh, Jim Pedrick who mm -hmm. wrote the song I Have the Tiger, mm -hmm. um, Jim Pedrick, yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so a lot, a lot of people uh, and so I was doing and sound, lighting. Big changes in Nashville, of course we all have. You know, you've been, how long have you been in Nashville? I've been in Nashville since 1997. 97. 25 okay. years. Long time. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Now yes. you you shared with me four tenants that you live by. Do you like to tell our audience? Yes. So people ask me, so what brought you to the United States? Oh, and you said uh, in the introduction, I'm a South African. I'm an expat because I'm a proud U.S. citizen. Okay, fair enough. It took me uh, about um, 20 years and $40,000, but I did it legally. 
Thank you for being here and, and love I'm your very accent. Proud. <laughs> and you're my first South African born guest. How about that? Wow, cool. <laughs> so, um, and I have not had the pleasure of visiting yet, so that's on my bucket list. Yes, it's it's very pretty, and I should go with you. Okay, <laughs> excellent. Um, your question was, so people ask me, how did you get here? And I actually came here as a missionary. I didn't know I was moving here. Mm. Um, I came here for 40 days. I was going to be part of some some uh, event. And long story short, this is his life didn't turn out the way we thought it would. Mm. And um, I didn't go back. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. So the tenants that you were talking about, I knew from in my late 20s that I needed to have a purpose in life and what what would the purpose be and so I spent 10 years trying to figure out okay so what is my purpose in life I am I'm an entrepreneur I'm a go-getter and all that so I, I do everything and anything and but what's the purpose of all of this other than you know raising your kids and, and paying your bills and helping other people and so I took 10 years and dug down really, really, really deep and figured out that that my calling is can be summed up in basically four bullet points. Three of them are just words. They're not just words, they're lifestyle. Um, the first one is encouragement. So mm -hmm. if I if I'm involved somewhere and I leave, that people get encouraged. Mm -hmm. The second one is facilitation. And that would be introductions. Facilitation would be like, hey, do you need a ride over there? And I could give you a ride. That is facilitating. Mm -hmm. But it could be facilitating in a lot grander way. Um, and I use that a lot in business. Um, facilitating. You Go can... in the extra mile. Mm -hmm. Thank you for saying that. And so, uh, and then the third one is administration. And administration, people think of papers and files and stuff like that. But administration means organization. You mm -hmm. cannot have successful administration so i organize things i will organize mm -hmm. when you mix sound mm -hmm. you're facilitating you're administrating mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the fourth thing is leadership mm -hmm. and not to be the leader but to serve leaders mm -hmm. what a beautiful those beautiful beautiful uh principles to live by i love that they're tough <laughs> yeah not always easy no. yes the, la the last one um i combine it with um, people think if you're brave, you're without fear. Mm. And when you cannot serve leaders, if you're timid, mm. because you'll be a yes man. Mm -hmm. You will always say yes, boss, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, yes, and sometimes to your own detriment. And mm. and so I have. Um, so it's being it's knowing yourself. It's knowing yourself. Being true to yourself, and. And sticking to your principles, regardless. And then still speaking the truth in love. There you go. Mm. In a transparent, encouraging way. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's really that's really tough. Mm. Mm -hmm. But um, it has afforded me to. Uh, I'll give you an example, just to, uh, how how I started, because you you can't you can't just jump into that. Mm -hmm. And so how I started was, um, I was I was. Touring with uh, a band as a tour manager, and um, there was a very famous musician sitting in the back of the van, and the the other people were also 
famous mm-hmm. musicians, but they were more recording studio level folks. Mm-hmm. And they, so the uh, one was the star, they were star players, mm-hmm. but the other one was the star. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in the front next to the driver and I, they said, oh, do you know so-and-so? And I said, yes, I met you backstage in South Africa. I said, Are you, I was, you were one of my idols. Um, and then I had to wrangle my way to actually get to meet you in person mm-hmm. backstage. And I was so disappointed. So I'm telling this star artist this. I said, I was so disappointed because you were so fat. You were nothing like you looked on your album cover. Oh my goodness. I said, but I just saw you now before you got in the van and you really look good. Oh my goodness. And everybody was looking at me like, how can you talk to this guy like this? He took it as a compliment that somebody recognized, somebody spoke the truth to him Uh, in love and just say, hey, I was really disappointed. But I'm so glad you've you've learned how right. to take care of yourself, yeah. and it's glad to, I'm glad to see you. Sure, sure. Wow. Because that sometimes takes we, sometimes we need to be reminded of where we come from, yes. so we can appreciate where we're at. Good point. Good point. Um, so I practiced that in the dark because it was dark. We were driving to the stage, and and I knew I wasn't going to be, you know, I was safe. <laughs> so if people like, if people are looking to work with you, tell them sort of what you offer and how they can reach you. Because you, you offer a myriad of services and you have a side business too that you were telling me about. So I am I used to be I used to be known as a tour manager, front of house sound engineer uh, when I moved to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2004 I switched gears and went with video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we filmed some stuff for television. Uh, mostly, I thought it was going to be live performances for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. um, but there wasn't a lot of money in that to pay the bills. Sure. So start serving corporate clients. Corporate stuff, sure. And everybody needs help, especially the corporate folks. Sometimes they have bigger budgets too. They also have bigger budgets, but they but they need more help because their organizations are bigger, mm-hmm. and so they they have a lot of blind spots sure. and a lot of places where things can fall through the cracks. And so, um, because of my, you know, fast forward 17 years later, um, I'm able to listen to, uh, folks and realize they probably haven't covered this aspect. Mm-hmm. Let me ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, well, that's a great question. We haven't thought about that. And so I have a set of questions that I know how to ask to to find out and so so anyway so what, what do end, i do find so, out what the end goal is basically. what the end goal is mm-hmm. so i serve them mostly in um, video production and still photography mm-hmm. live streaming we did a lot of that during COVID. COVID, sure um one of the smartest moves i did during COVID is as soon as it hit i said to my wife this is going to last a lot longer than what they're saying so we need to prepare ourselves for that. And I said, but don't worry, we'll come out on top. And I was very scared and nervous inside when I said that. But one of the things I did was I started uh, getting myself well-versed in live streaming. Mm. Bought so equipment smart. so that I could have the same exact camera and be able to offer multiple camera angles and, and at an affordable rate. 
And being prepared. And being very prepared. Smart. And morphing, taking lemons into lemonade, making them into and lemonade. So, and so that's, that's how um, mm -hmm. Butch got to um, hear about me. Um, and so I, it was just the right time mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. But you recognized it and you seized upon it. You didn't just lament. And, you know, it was a frightening time for everybody. Um, so one of my gifts um, is to be able to see around the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of times I tell my wife, I'm a little concerned in this area because I can't see. Mm -hmm. I can't see what's coming. Sure. sure. And so um, so I spend a lot of time looking, mm. looking down the road to see what's what's going and weighing options. And, and um, well, you're very, you have a very calm demeanor. I mean, you're not uh, sometimes you work with creative people and you are very creative, but you you diffuse when there's uh, an angst angst provoked situation or there's chaotic situation you're you're like the calming sad and i think that's a that's a very good trait to have when you're working with creative people and you're working with uh, people that are under a lot of pressure so i commend you your deme your demeanor is is really um, very admirable anyway, absolutely those are kind words pam well, it's true um, well, you said something nice uh, to me, come, so I appreciate that. I didn't. It didn't come um, easy. Mm. Uh, I've had people on my productions faint because of the stress, literally faint, drop down, mm. um, like a sack of potatoes, where we had to revive them. Mm. Um, it was outside and it was very hot. Hot, certain, yeah, but, sure. But the but, stress of it. But the stress just was the final, you know, um, straw. So the other business. Um, I used to be, in South Africa, you were either drafted into the police force or into the military. It was a draft. It was mandatory service. If you were a white male over the age of 16, you were to either join the army or join the police force. Mm. I had student debt. The military pay wasn't good enough to even cover my student debt. So I decided to become a police officer in the apartheid era. Mm. Um, I was raised a racist and mm. I had to become I unbecome. don't think I have ever heard anyone say that to me, that, I, quote, I was raised a racist. I wow. was raised a full-on racist. Oh, wow. I was raised, born, bred, and buttered a racist. And um, when I got my own brain when I was in my mid-twenties. Um, I was part of a DO in South Africa that was, um, that had a, the best standing gig in the capital city. Mm. Every Friday night, people would line out around the corner. And I'm not saying it to brag, I'm saying it to make a point. Um, people would stand in line to come and have dinner at this place and listen to us sing. Mm -hmm. We were singing other people's songs, uh, John Denver, Jim Croce, um, sure, sure. Cat Stevens, um, Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, the, the oh, good old folk songs. Oh, my yeah, fate, yeah, 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 yes. Uh, America, uh, the song, uh, the band America. Anyway, and so through my musical endeavors, um, I had met a man and his wife, uh, and, and his name was Billy Paulson, Billy and Maureen Paulson. And he was a colored. So colored in South Africa was um, the offspring of a black and a white union. Mm -hmm. So now there's a person with a light skin 
they're not white, they're not black. And we became best friends. Um, one of my most favorite photos is this my firstborn daughter when she was about three or four years old in, in a little blanket hug, hugging um, Chantel, he's uh, their oldest daughter. Mm. And, um, and so he said he wanted to come and listen to us and take his wife to dinner at this restaurant. Mm -hmm. And they refused him entry because oh, it was goodness. not white. Oh, I went and and what spoke... year are we talking about, ballpark? 1985, 1986. Not that long ago. No, not that My long goodness. ago. And so I went and spoke to the manager because, I mean, we were making him a lot of money. Mm. His restaurant was full every Friday night mm. till 2 a.m. And so went and spoke to him and he's like, sorry, no. And so they, they turned them away. And that was the last night we played there. We, uh, I gave up the most lucrative musical gig that I've ever played at mm. um, because there was discrimination. And so I lost half of my income um, because of one night's experience. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't think of it as racism. You know, I'm a racist or I'm, I'm an, now an unracist or whatever the term is. I just knew that there was, it was wrong and, and I could not continue doing that and still be friends mm. with Billy mm -hmm. and his wife. And you made a choice, a hard choice. Yes, yes. Mm. And so... Um, wow. So yes, I was raised uh, uh, as, a, as a racist. Mm. Um, if I had to tell you the things that I was shown to prove mm. that black mm. people are not human and human, all that kind yeah. of stuff. My yeah. dad was a medical doctor. Thank God he, in his later years, you know, converted to a non-racist. Mm. Um, in fact, he was actually... Um, a part-time doctor for President Mandela. No kidding. Wow. He, he advised him at some point in time when he had to travel internationally to advise him to not travel there because of um, yellow fever or some other right, outbreaks. Right. And mm. uh, anyway, so am I. So how do we get here? Um, I'm a Berna authorized dealer. Berna spelled B-Y-R-N-A. Um, and it is a non-lethal um, launcher weapon system to defend yourself and deterrent and the deterrent. Mm. And um, it looks it looks like a gun, but it's not. It looks like a taser, but it's not. And um, and it doesn't kill people. And it doesn't kill people, but it it stalls them. Um, but it has multiple. I mean, a taser, as you explained it, it's a one shot, that's it. And you might miss, you might not miss. And it could also give someone a heart attack potentially. But your particular uh, product will allow multiple applications, which seems to be very, um, I would think, use and relatively reasonable, right? $300 they start at. Yep, yep. Um, it's um, when people see it, they have one of two reactions. I don't want a gun. It's not a gun. It's a launcher. Mm -hmm. And then um, even my daughter-in-law, who is a metro uh, cop, she she's like, we don't want more guns on the street. I said, it's not a gun. And so when she saw my wife's, she was like intrigued. And it, all of a sudden it made sense because it's like, 
I can go into a confrontation not to have to take somebody's life mm. because the police do not like in the movies shoot you in the shoulder or in the leg or something like that that the training is neutralize your threat which means kill yes um, so just really quickly the way you explain this is two kinetic projectile launchers and three tear gas cartridges is that right and it's so so let me clarify so the, okay. the launcher looks like a pistol okay so people who see see it from afar they were like hey you've got a pistol um, it, it's a launcher um, it does not work with ammunition it, it's just projectiles if you think of a paintball gun mm-hmm um, it has a little gas cylinder that, that it uses for its uh, energy and it has a, um, a a ball that it um, projects out of the um, out of the launcher out of the uh, barrel if you want to call it that mm-hmm. and but it's not lethal mm-hmm. and so a magazine holds five rounds mm-hmm. or five projectiles and what we do is, is you, there's different kinds of projectiles there's like a pepper spray one there mm-hmm. is a, um, a kinetic round there's some training rounds mm-hmm. and there's also a tear gas round so, mm-hmm. what, so what we advise people to do and that's that's what my wife and I do is, is we have two kinetic rounds so if somebody is trying to <clears throat> attack you or, or your life is threatened and you can't get away out of your situation because you always should try to get away of course if you can get away safely do that's so what, that's what you need to do mm-hmm. as soon as you become the aggressor um you become liable mm-hmm. and rightly so legally you're going to be in trouble sure so if you but if you find yourself in a situation uh, which these days are not very unlikely, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. If you find yourself in a situation where you need a way out, where you need to stall somebody so that you could get away, then you uh, you can use the kinetic um, projectile to mm-hmm. shoot them in the chest. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I've seen it videos. I've seen videos and photos. It makes a nasty bruise. Sometimes yeah, it breaks yeah. the skin, but it doesn't kill you. Doesn't kill you, but it, it stops shoot. you. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, gives you pause. It gives people pause. Mm. And if somebody is really that angry and that deliberate and is that determined to to still come after you and mm-hmm. th- continue to threaten you, you can fire off another kinetic round. Mm-hmm. And if two doesn't stop you, then they're probably out to get you yeah yeah gotcha. and then and then so what we do is, is we use uh three tear gas rounds mm-hmm. pepper spray one um it's effective but tear gas uh attacks your nervous system mm-hmm. and your eyes you can't see out Debilitated. of your eyes mm. you can't breathe. breathe yeah and so and that gives that gives the person who's defending themselves the ability to to retreat to retreat and so 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 that's um, hoping to get um, some uh, meetings with some municipalities, municipalities, mm-hmm. even at, at uh, state level, state level mm-hmm. uh, to introduce him to the concept. So Governor Lee, if you're listening, we want to take a meeting with you, open some doors. And yes, go. and he's a very good man. I, yes, I used to go indeed. to church with him. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
He's a, he's a very very good man. And, and, and there's a lot of uh, controversy over police violence and profiling and everything. So this could be a, a possible solution. Help the police and protect our citizens and also avoid uh, um, carnal action, if you will. Um, Dr. Tawar is sitting here. We, we were actually finishing a meeting and uh, wanted to do this interview. Uh, Sham, do you want to ask any questions or do you have anything to add with John? No, it's just, it's just fascinating how John came here as a missionary. And um, uh, John, is, is just if you can just quickly elaborate on that, of how, that obviously, you being a man of God, coming over here. And then you just also said how you were born, you were brought up as a racist. And obviously, coming in as, as a missionary, that must have, like, transformed and sort of, like, been a roller coaster for you, for, for, your, for your thoughts. I think you. that's the title of your book. Born a racist, honestly. I mean, think about it. You've been a you've been a police officer, a racist, a missionary, a video guy. Um, unbelievable. Born a racist. Wow, what a title. What For, a title. I mean, honestly. So um, one thing. So during COVID, we all had a lot of time to to have um, to contemplate mm. to contemplate our lives, and. I asked God, am I still a racist? Mm. Because, you know, they say once a child molester, always a child molester. You know, you know mm. if you're, you're once mm. a liar, always a liar, that mm. kind of thing. And I was like, I wonder, maybe I'm fooling myself. Am I still a racist or not? Mm. Well, it got. So how do you find out? You, you pass a test because you get given a test or you fail it. So it's during COVID, um, I found myself going the wrong way to go buy paper, printer paper for mm -hmm. my office. Mm -hmm. And it was during the height of COVID, it was at a Walmart, they have somebody with a little counter and they count how many people go in and how many people can go out and everybody's standing there, you know, 10 feet apart with their masks on. And so I, I stand there, I wait for a half hour just to get in. There were two people in front of me, but we were waiting for people to come out. I go in, I grab my paper, I do the self-checkout thing. And right before I leave, there's one of these um, containers that has hand sanitizer. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'm pushing this cart. It's covid and so I did a big jab of, of uh, hand, hand sanitizer, sanitizer and I wiped my hands and I kind of like wiped the, the handlebar of the cart because I bought a whole box full of sure. um, paper. But as I was walking out, the paper smelled so, uh, that my hand smelled so bad. Mm. It was, it was like, it was, I don't know, it smelled like recycled sanitizer. It was stinched oh, it was no. horrible so i'm thinking oh it's, it'll it'll dissipate you know it'll evaporate, evaporate sure. so i'm so i'm i'm pushing the car to my car i load it in and i get in my car and i'm like i can't drive home it's 20 minute drive home i can't it, this is horrible so i turn around and i'm gonna go back now i'm standing in line i was in a hurry already i'm standing in line to get back in just so i can get to the restroom so i can quickly wash my hands Get the smell off my hands. And you didn't have sanitizer in your car. Sanitizer would not do the job because it, oh, it, it needed wow. it needed washing. Soap, soap. It, it, it was 
really bad. Putrid. Oof. It was. I never heard of, of, of hand sanitizer going bad, but I guess it does. Well, I think it was purposefully just for me, maybe. That's how I would oh. like to think, because here's the test coming. I get to the restroom. And you know how some of the public restrooms, is, you go in and you got to go make a left and you need to go make a right like you go at the airports yes, and yes, stuff. Yes. Uh -huh. So you can't, just don't walk straight in. Right. And here uh, there is an African-American man in one of those uh carts the like the wheelchair carts that they mm -hmm. have at the big box stores and he's kind of like jammed in into the corner mm -hmm. like he can't get around all these tight corners mm -hmm. with his cart mm -hmm. and there was a uh, a lady there african-american lady and i thought maybe she was uh, his mother or mm -hmm. his sister or mm -hmm. somebody and and she's apologizing to me because she i, I, pro I probably looked like i was in a hurry Yes. And she's apologizing. And she's in the men's room. <laughs> men's room. <laughs> no, she's, she's outside. Outside, she's trying to outside, help. outside, trying see. to help to get him gotcha, in. Gotcha, gotcha. And my, my sister is in a wheelchair, so I understand. Sure. So I said, ma'am, don't worry. Mm. Don't worry. And, and he's going back and forth, but he's, there's no, he's no ways he can. I said, ma'am, do you mind if I help him? And she said, sure. And so I kind of like lifted, and I'm not a very strong guy, but I, I ended up lifting the thing in the You're back. Dislodging it. Just, yeah. just dislodging it and trying to get him in. Mm -hmm. So he goes in, and at the end of the rest, men's restroom, there's the stall for the handicap. Mm -hmm. And I can hear him going behind me, and I'm washing my hands. And I'm running really late, and I'm just, I'm just scrubbing my hands. And... I know how people in wheelchairs use the restroom. You back in, sure. So you can shift yourself onto, onto the, the onto uh, the toilet. toilet. Yeah. And but he's head in first with his cork, and I'm I, I'm I'm like, sir, do you need some help? Uh, but he couldn't speak properly. He's just like yeah, he was making sounds, and mm. and uh, the lady outside is like, Michael, are you okay? Are you okay? She she doesn't want to come inside. He's sure. a men's restroom, and so I went. And uh, I said to him, we need to, we need to, can you get back on the seat and let's reverse you out and then we get you a proper way in. And that's when I realized. That you were supposed to be there. He wasn't trying to go to the restroom. Hmm. He had peed all over himself. Oh, oh. And she had bought him fresh clothes so that he oh. would be clothed properly oh my goodness and he was trying to and he had a male you know adult diaper, diaper on yes and oh john oh my goodness so here i am it's in the middle of covid and i'm down on my knees in the in the um, restroom helping this stranger helping him get his uh, adult diaper off oh, and helping goodness. him um put on clean clothes and um and and I introduced myself. I said that my name is John, and he said, um, "My name is Michael." And the whole time he's saying, "Thank you, Mr. John." Thank you. I was like, "Don't call me Mr. I'm just John." And he keeps thanking me, and I said to him, um, "Don't thank me. It's my pleasure. Um, um, anybody would do this if they saw that you needed help. Anybody would do this." So I got him clothed. Um, they wanted. 
the clothes, the old clothes to be thrown away. So I helped him do that. And I got him out. And the whole time, the lady outside is shouting, thank you, Mr. John. Thank you. She must have known what was going on inside there. And um, when, I got, when I got to my car, I was um, crying un uncontrollably. And so am I. <laughs> and I realized that I was not a racist. Because if he was a black man to me, why would I? You must remember this is the height of COVID. The height of COVID. We're so scared of, yes. of germs and getting close to somebody. It's strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and nobody likes other people's cooties. And here I am with my face 10 inches away from his groin, changing his diaper. Yeah. And I left there. I, I actually wrote it down because I wanted to remember it. So I wrote down how I felt. I wrote down as much details as I could. And I said, you're not a racist. Please write a book. It's beautiful. I don't know if there's anything else to say. <laughs> wow. Um, how do people reach you? If they want to call you, if they want to hire you, if they want to just... Have a cup of tea with you. Oh my God, what a wonderful story. Um, if you Google one word, HD perfect, mm -hmm. you will probably find um, uh, the website or uh, the Google business page okay. or a Facebook page or a Twitter thing. I'm not Do you have a website? www.hdperfect.com dot com great okay and if somebody needs to email me or they can contact me through linkedin i'm fairly active on linkedin not active but i have a lot of um connections on linkedin 16 and a half thousand or something wow and um so i'm always available there through there or they can email me directly at john j-o-h-n at hdperfect.com and you didn't know that you were going to be talking to me and doing a website today, uh, doing a, a podcast rather, doing the interview. And I just felt drawn to ask you. And you had, it's been a busy day for both of us, and we both just took time to do this. So, what a gift, John. I did not know. Yeah. So, anybody who's listening, um, we were having a meeting about something completely totally different. Totally different. Yeah. And so, um, thank you for listening to my, oh my, my goodness. story. Well, I think that's. That's part of being human, is getting out of our stuff and taking a minute and helping people, listening to people, smelling a flower, taking, I mean, I, I, I don't know what I did without having a phone, but I'm always taking pictures of something and sending it to people or reading a verse and sending it. And it's just, it's part of being human. So thank you for sharing your humanity with me today. I feel so blessed. And Michael, wherever you are, you're remembered. I have so many times hoped that I would have the time to go back to that Walmart and ask them if there is still a gentleman that right. that is in his condition that frequents the store. Store, sure. <clears throat> but I don't want to embarrass him either. No. Um, no. But, but he he gave you as much of the gift as you gave him. That's the thing. He gave me the gift of opportunity. Yes, and healing. Yes. Mm -hmm. well, he answered a very important question yes. for me is, am I, am I still a racist? Yes. And it's, it's never, um, 
it's not part of succeeding in life to question yourself the whole time, mm. Mm. especially about something that important. Mm. And so I hope, I hope that somebody got something out of this conversation we've just had. I hope so too. And if you did, let me know. Pam.Lewis at PLAmedia.com. Thank you for listening. God bless all.